In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum. This is The Conviction Project, a podcast where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. My name is Marij Rana. And I am Farhan Iqbal. Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Rabbi salli ala nabiyika daiman Li haadhi dunya wa basin saani So, you know, I recently have been um, talking to a lot of interesting people, um, interviewing them about coming on to the Conviction Project. Um, by the grace of God, you know, we've had incredible response of um, people who wanted to share their stories or who wanted to, like, talk more about um, their own experiences so, you know, I was able to talk to someone who was, um, you know, he was 50 plus years old, born in Canada, um, and I was able to talk to him about his experiences. And, uh, you know, we have been talking to other people as well about, you know, what are their stories. And today I have a very interesting guest, a very interesting fellow that um, we've been speaking for about uh, how, an hour, I think, um, just about different parts of. Uh, his story and his experiences and we were talking so my friend here is Zahir Khan so I welcome Zahir to um, the Conviction Project. Zahir, assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum, Marjbai. Uh So you know we uh, we so you are um, so I'm, I'm sorry I'm introducing you when you can just do it yourself but I'll just give you a brief rundown from what we talked about. So you're 18 years old uh, you are a first-year university student in forensic science. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So this is very fascinating to me because I remember the year 2000. I think I, I joked around that, like, you know, I was maybe, like, in grade three, like, about to go into grade four. Um, you know, uh, I often talk about 9-11 being the most impactful um, moment of my life. So you were one years old when 9-11 happened. So you have no recollection of 9-11, which is so fascinating to me because I think, well, you know, this big thing happened in the world and like here you are like a fully grown adult and you have probably no recollection of that big moment, uh, which is so interesting to me. And just meeting someone who wasn't born the same century as you is always really cool. So I really enjoyed speaking to you. And I guess, you know, where I wanted to start with this conversation was to, you know, ask you, you know, what would you say has been the most challenging or the most interesting part of growing up in, uh, in like, Canada and, like, the Western world? Or do you feel as if, like, you can't even answer that question because it's all you know? Yeah, exactly. I think... Um obviously the Western world, um, growing up in Mississauga is, is the only world I've really known, but, uh, getting older and, uh, recognizing that everyone has a, a different story and how everyone, um, goes through different experiences, uh, because of, you know, maybe, maybe the different relationships they've had, uh, in their life. Um, it's, uh, it's really fascinating to, to see and, um, just being able to 
to recognize what other people go through and mm-hmm. and you know how I can always uh, be uh, the best version of myself uh, in this day and age uh, you know where I live uh, and that the fact that I'm in school as well right is uh, always something I, I strive to do yeah and you know we were talking earlier that um, what are some of the things that so I forgot to mention in your introduction, but you also told me that you are the Nazim Thirbiyat of Mississauga West region. Yes. Which is incredible because, you know, you are significantly younger than me and, you know, you are able to um, serve in this capacity. And, you know, how is it that, you know, someone who was born and brought up in like, you know, Canadian culture and Western society um, and is still able to be connected to the Jamaat, you know, like what was that? What are some of the things that you were able to identify or you're able to note down that you're like, oh, this probably contributed to why I'm still close to the Jamaat or why I am close to the Jamaat? Yeah, so I think um, uh, because uh, I was born uh, an Ahmadi Muslim, um, that is all I really knew, you know, going to the Jamaat participating in ishtamas, uh, going to the masjid every Friday. Um, that was uh, something I had known my entire life. But uh, as as getting older, um, I wanted to uh, study what I actually believed in. Um, and I think one of the one of the experiences that had um, really brought me close to Ahmadiyya uh, the most was uh, when I did Itikaf in uh, 2016. Wow, two, two years ago. Two years mm-hmm. ago, yeah. I sat Ithikaf for um, the full ten days, wow. um, and it was uh, it was just a, a life changing experience, mm-hmm. just to um, to get away from, I guess, an uh, an illusion that mm-hmm. is that is the world. I guess mm-hmm. is the way I see it. Yeah. Um, and to really get in touch with um, what really matters, mm-hmm. and um, to be to be satisfied with um, who you are as a person mm-hmm. and to um, spiritually grow yourself mm-hmm. and uh, get in touch with your creator mm-hmm. is, is to me the main goal of, of being here because yeah. it's a uh, temporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you said some really fascinating things and, and it's quite inspiring to hear you uh, talk about this experience that you've had because, well, the first thing that I'm thinking about is what made you make that decision that you want to sit at the cough? Like, you know, how does someone, so you're 18, 16 year old, come up with, the, with, the, with like the idea that, oh, like maybe I should sit at the cough. Like, you know, what made you uh, come up with that idea? Well, um, it, uh, it really fascinated me after I found out uh, when I was younger that Ithikaf isn't just a sleepover at the masjid <laughs> for, for 10 days. Definitely. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's something more. And, um, having a lot of uh, doubts about Islam and Ahmadiyyat and uh, doubts about myself about, you know, what what kind of person do I want to be or, or you know, the things that I'll do in the future. Um, and, you know, being at peace with yourself is something that um, was kind of very open-ended. And uh, doing Ittikaf was um, a journey I wanted to go on because I wanted to uh, learn more about myself mm-hmm. and... Um, I wanted to discover discover God more, mm-hmm, and right. and to see for myself how how getting in touch with um, with Allah um, will affect me in the future, or how it will shape me, and and how it will um, affect uh, my morals and values. That's incredible that you know at sixteen you can think about 
you know, kind of discovering yourself and trying to define yourself. Um, it, it's incredible that you, you can think about, well, you know, maybe I want to know more about myself and want to figure out, you know, what spirituality and what does that even look like? And it's very inspiring for other people to hear. At the same time, I'm also wondering, you, know, you also said the same thing that um, the world is an illusion and that, you know, these are messages and ideas that we hear often in Islam. And I'm curious to hear what makes you say that the world is an illusion? I guess being the recognizing that, um, you know, we're all going to die and, um, you know, there's going to be a day of judgment and there is a, a heaven and a hell and there's a time that uh, we will meet our creator. And um, knowing from, you know, sayings uh, from the Hazrat Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that, you know, the world is is just uh, um, or be in this world as if you were a traveler. You know, you you stop uh, and you kind of look at things, but eventually, you know, you move on and um, thinking about that. Our destination is 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 the afterlife and being here for only um, a temporary amount of time. Um, it motivates me to to really um, spend my time here doing things that actually matter and things that will uh, prepare me for the for the afterlife and things that will um, uh, positively benefit other people in this world. Because it's all, I think, uh, spiritually uh, uplifting yourself is, uh, is a journey that everyone goes through and uh, recognizing that there's um, this humanity that we're, we're, I guess, we're all in it together. You know, everyone's, everyone's with each other. And um, you know, spreading spreading love, I guess, uh, around the world, um, and just like uh, you know, our the Ahmadiyya Muslim community slogan, "Love for all, hatred for none." I find it it's it's simple, but it's powerful because it's uh, it, you know, encourages other people to to uh, love each other, and and when loving each other and being supportive of everyone else, and uh, you know, everyone's different thoughts and beliefs, uh, only then can we um, better uh, can everyone better themselves and be the best versions that they can be. You, you you mentioned this thing that you know you're supposed to approach this life as a traveler. You're, you're supposed to you know you you have a strong recognition that there is an afterlife and that this life is temporary. Which the first thing that comes to my mind as you know someone is often very doubtful and critical about things is you know does that not make you ever think? that oh like i'm gonna miss out on a lot of things that are in this life like a lot of like cool things that are in this life because i think a lot of a lot of youth they they they're told a lot of these things that you are saying i know for a fact that i was told these things but i think one of the biggest challenges we had i'm sure you've had this challenge as well is how do you put aside some of the the pleasures of this world or some of the things that are so awesome of this world that you're like maybe let's not think about the afterlife for a couple of minutes and let's just enjoy this thing um, that, you know, it, it feels so good or is so awesome. What what first comes to mind is um, uh, is in the Holy Quran, how it um, says that um, things should be done in moderation. I think of, I've recently been reading uh, the philosophy of the teachings of Islam and um, the promised Messiah uses um, this verse of the Quran in the context of, of food about how um, eating different foods um, affects your uh, behavior in a sense. So I think about I think about that and I think about how everything is uh, directed um, 
our everything we do is to prepare ourselves for the for the afterlife um but things should be done in moderation and and things that um there are things there are things that we can also enjoy in this world right now mm-hmm. for example like i i play hockey once a week mm-hmm. right i i really enjoy that mm-hmm. um uh and so you know being involved in other things right. and uh you know uh spending time with friends i mean mm-hmm. I, i'm i mean I'm, no one's really praying i guess 24 7 i mean 7, everyone's right. uh, doing uh zikr uh, zikr is important mm-hmm. right. um but i mean i think i don't think anyone's doing namaz in 24 uh, right. 24 yeah. 7 and you're not supposed to anyway exactly so. So, so it sounds like you've you've created like like this kind of. Uh, well, it sounds like there are so many things that you enjoy that you're allowed to do, that you find joy from smaller things like social interactions. You find joy in you know having a healthy outlook, like whether that's through exercising, because you know that all those things that you are finding joy in will also indirectly influence your main path with it, which is, you know, to get the pleasure of God. And I think that that makes sense to me because as long as you're not doing things that push you off your main path, everything else kind of seems permissible. Is that, is that kind of like how you've described it? Yeah. That's do, exactly. I, do, do I understand it correctly? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's the way, that's the way I, I think of it. Yeah. That um, we can, we can do as much as we can, um, you know, for Allah, and we should, um, the, you know, the things that the Quran tells us to do, uh, you know, make financial sacrifices, uh, pray five times a day. Those are things we do. But um, I don't think that means that we we also can't enjoy other things that go on in this world, uh, you know, because, um, you know, there are things that are all around us and there are things that, um, you know, we can explore, uh, you know, we can explore, um, you know, starting up businesses or, you know, even even just enjoying like uh like pastimes with your friends, mm-hmm. you know, you know, going out to to different places or, or bowling right. or something like that, any other mm-hmm. activity. Yeah, um, those are things I think uh, we can still enjoy, mm-hmm. um, because um, I feel like that interaction with other people and mm-hmm. and spending time with people and you know, kind of spreading spreading love to everybody is mm-hmm. is is really healthy for for I know myself mm-hmm. and for other people, mm-hmm. and I think that's where I find true kind of like peace is is knowing when I'm I'm spreading you know goodness mm-hmm. around around right. the world mm-hmm. you know as, as you're speaking i'm thinking about so i recently came back from peru and we did a lot of hiking in peru and i'm thinking you know there's there's one main path which gets you to the final destination and as you're going to the main path there's these little shortcuts that will eventually bring you back to the same path but it'll just take you a bit longer to get there so, you know, you, you can, there's like this cliff on this side and yeah, you can take a little detour and that whole walkway will bring you back to the main path, which is to the final destination. Then there are certain other paths. And I guess people who have been hiking, they can relate to this is that there's certain paths which never bring you back to the main path. They start their own little trail and it becomes its own little journey. And as I'm hearing you speak, I'm drawn to think about that map of, of, of life where you have a clear idea of what your final path is and you're willing and you allow yourself to take like little detours or like kind of go off path for a bit as long as you know that you can come back to the main path and it's not something that's going to start its own little journey how does that like idea or image kind of fit with what you're saying do i understand it correctly yeah i think that that uh that concept is really interesting about um uh, taking little different paths um 
to ultimately, uh, you know, getting to to a specific destination. Um, and I think I think you know, maybe um, maybe you know, I guess spending time with other people or doing essentially worldly things, uh, excluding you know things that are maybe indecent, but um, doing other worldly things uh, could be uh, could be taken as you know you know stops in this journey. Or, or maybe uh, little detours or turns where you can stop and uh, enjoy something, enjoy something in this world, um, because maybe it might have a specific benefit for you. Right. But uh, just uh, being able to recognize that, um, yeah, just be, just uh, recognizing what our end goal is, uh, then we can kind of uh, write the blank book. We can we can say, okay, this this is the path I want to take in life. Um, uh, we can have a plan. Obviously, things definitely change. But um, we can we can choose the things that we want to do. Um, a lot of things, uh, things in life are a choice. And um, just uh, choosing, choosing uh, the correct things to do that won't uh, lead us uh, off to a completely different destination right. that we yeah. planned is mm-hmm. uh, is really important. Right. So, you know, it, it's been such a pleasure talking to you because um, I feel like a lot of the things you're saying are very inspiring. And I think that. The things that you're saying, the other people, particularly uh, younger individuals in our audience, need to hear this. Um, so I guess just to wrap up, to close off, what what is some advice that you can give to potentially people that are younger than you that may be struggling with, you know, um, getting on like the right path or getting on, you know, uh, finding themselves that they're on a path which they don't know where the destination is going or where it may lead them uh, what's some advice that you can give to them or any sort of insight that you can give to them if any at all i think i think something that comes to mind is um to to find out uh more information i mean you know we're curious uh, a lot of people are curious about um um what does this profession entail or what does that profession entail in regards to people who don't know you know what they're going to be or uh, what is my religion or why are other people not uh, an Ahmadi Muslim or, or why are other people Christians or why are people atheists? Um, so there's a lot of, uh, especially growing up, there's a lot of uh, open ends in regards to, um, you know, who, who am I? Um, but um, I guess just always finding out more information because knowledge is knowledge is power, I guess. And having that power to be able to um, navigate yourself to um the, the best destination for you is what it's all about and and maybe and just praying I guess as well because um, there's a lot of um, there's we uh, we base a lot of things off of our own intellect uh, because that is what you know what is what we see that's what we hear that's what we understand when we're um, trying to figure something out or we're learning about something but uh, I feel like the power of, of spirituality and uh, getting in touch with God is is above our intellect sometimes and by by constantly praying on things, um, you know, we can kind of, you know, see for ourselves if, if, if praying really works, you know, for people who have doubts about religion, um, you know, we can look at uh, a lot of, you know, we can look at it uh, from an academic perspective of what does the Quran say or um, what does Sayyid uh, Bukhari say right. or what does what do these books say? Um, but um, that is, I mean, we can do that because that, that's what we know and that's what we see. But uh, praying... Uh, and and getting in touch with God can uh, lead us to um, uh, large heights. Right. Yeah. So you know, I guess there you have it. Um, that is a kind of a great 
insight or great, great kind of way to end off that, you know, if you are, you know, struggling in any way, the key things that you have is knowledge and prayer that you should seek out as much knowledge as you can to ask as many questions as you can. And also then pray on, pray on it a lot because then the true guidance can only come from God. I think that that is a beautiful message to a lot of our youth and maybe to a lot of adults too that may be struggling and they're finally thinking, oh, should I change something about myself? But I think this this idea that knowledge is power and prayer is also important and, and powerful is is a very good message to send to people. So I guess with that, you know, we'll close off and if you have any more, you know, questions that may help you kind of come back to the path, do email us at theconvictionproject at gmail.com. Um, or you can visit our website at www.theconvictionproject.com, uh, where you can find more questions and more answers and also have a possible a chance to leave any uh, doubts or questions that you have. So, uh, Zahir, it was a pleasure having you on. Um, my hope is that you will agree to come back again so that we can talk more about, you know, certain things, however they may come up. Um, but it's a pleasure having you on. Oh, Jazakallah, I really enjoyed this. This is The Conviction Project, where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. Muhammad, Muhammad, Muhammadur Rasulullah, Rasulullah, Rasulullah. Muhammadur Rasulullah Salli ala nabiyyina Salli ala Muhammadin Salli ala habibina Salli ala Muhammadin 